you could always make more money. You can never make more time. We, we, we have so distorted what business should be doing for ourselves. What it should be doing is creating freedom for the entrepreneurs. And part of that is, of course, financial. Of course, yes. And I pay myself way less than I need to, than I could, rather. And instead, I hire more staff to cover my work so that I don't have to. Welcome to the Innovative Founder, the show where entrepreneurs get real. real. These are the raw, the gut-wrenching, often hilarious, sometimes shocking, and definitely entertaining stories of innovative business founders who are making their beautiful dent in the world. No BS, no posturing, and no narcissists allowed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the unscripted adventures on today's episode. Now, here's your hairless hosts, Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd. Welcome, founders, to the Innovative Founders Show. How's everyone today? Bob, how are you? And and we haven't recorded a show in so long that yeah. I think it's Innovative Founder, and I think we pluralize it. I, I pluralize it all the time, Do but you? it's the Innovative Founder Show. <laughs> Isn't that funny? We don't even yeah. know the name of our own freaking show. Sometimes. I know. Right. It's, yeah. It's been so, a It's okay. Lots of grace here. So um, the, uh, what, do you, what do you say? The, the, we, we're going to admit something, but not admit it, but it, it's more like we want to kind of tell you how we operate. So Brandon and I have not recorded a podcast in about six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, even though you hear from us every week, right? Right. Isn't it amazing? Magic. <laughs> We, we are there from you. But um, what Brandon and I do is we we work ahead. Like we're actually good students in that way. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we are. Yes. Um, and we, we had stacked up a bunch of shows, um, not really knowing what was going to be happening. But we, we did know that uh, I would be traveling a little bit. You'd be traveling a little bit. Um, There's a speaking engagement in there for me and things like that. So we, we worked ahead. Um, but we've had a pretty adventurous uh kind of six weeks um and it's really hard in a, in a little bit of banter right uh, to kind of share what's going on but uh i i had expected to be out of the office the entire month of may uh, i was going to spend a week at roundtable with perry's group i was and travel for two weeks and then spend a week uh at perry's definitive traffic seminar uh, both as a participant staff member and also a speaker uh, but in late april my mom passed away which, you know, when that happens, that's kind of like, oh, okay. Um, everything else kind of gets pushed aside because family becomes first. And um, I think at some point, Brandon, you and I'll probably have a conversation for for our listeners, kind of what, sure. not lessons learned, but uh, I, I can share some stories about kind of how we handled it and maybe handled it differently um, and maybe just do it to honor my mom. Mm -hmm. um, but um, we did some things that are a little bit different. Uh, to honor her, I, I, I kept my commitment to take two weeks off. And you were good enough to say, absolutely. My family was like, go do that. Um, it's really critical that <laughs> we're going to talk about self-care with our guest today, but especially when you're going through a traumatic time and an emotional time, you, you do have to recharge and do self-care. I, I don't, and I don't apologize for that. Like yeah. I'm, I, I didn't cancel the trip. Now 
I did not spend a week at round table like I wanted. So I did miss getting to be with Perry and some of the colleagues that are part of that mastermind group. Uh, but they were very understanding, of course. And then I did make a decision to go to Perry's event. And um, I'll tell this story. Your your story is going to be much more fun than mine. Oh. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I had committed to speak. Perry asked me at breakfast several months ago, hey, I, would you speak at the event? And I'm like, of course. And I fully expected to talk about something related to Facebook or video, right? And, uh, you know, when my mom passed, I kind of texted him. I said, hey, I'm I'm not sure if I'm going to speak or not. You know, give me the grace to like go away and just think about it. Well, um, I I had been working on a, med a meditation practice and I, I actually doubled down on that on vacation. Uh, I spent more time meditating and I, I asked the muse, I said, what, what's, do you want me to talk? Do yeah. I want to talk? And the answer came back, absolutely. And I said, okay, what do you want me to talk about? And I spent several days just listening and I got a bunch of words back. <laughs> Brandon, my words were identity, love, empathy, <laughs> tribe, creativity. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I'm going to a definitive traffic seminar that's all about <laughs> traffic and AI. And you want me to talk about love and and creativity and the answer came back is people are fearful right now uh, ai is certainly threatening to take away jobs there's a lot of fear around that and the truth is is that this is an exciting time for humanity because we have a new creative tool at our disposal that will actually celebrate the creativity and connection of humans and people are going to be craving artistic expressions, connectivity. Um, and I came up with a talk, Brandon. It was a, it was an hour talk. I actually had Perry come up for part of it. And um, I had talked. I had not spoken like this in public before. I mean, we talk a little bit on the show about this stuff. Yeah. But I, uh, <laughs> I just listened to the muse. I shared stories. And the reaction was, I couldn't even, I couldn't even put into words the reaction, the number of people that came up to me and just expressed how much they needed to hear that, how much it touched them. Mm -hmm. I gave people permission to do things that they had been waiting on. Mm -hmm. um, so the lesson there for me was number one, the muse is really important. And mm -hmm. I don't care what name you define the muse. I just use that as a general term, but um, I just honored the voice with inside myself and I trusted that that was going to be the right message. And I was confident going up there because I had a bunch of signs that it was the right way to go. I can get into that at another time, mm. but I stepped on that stage knowing this is absolutely what people need to hear. And I spoke from the heart. I spoke with authority. I spoke with a calmness and I was just really happy the way that went. And um, I'm going to be sharing a lot of this with the audience as we grow. Um, as you know, you and I are growing into new things. Um, and what we do fundamentally is going to look different, but it's still going to revolve around people's identity and stories. I don't mm -hmm. think that's going to change at all. Mm, love that. So it's been a transformative few weeks since we've recorded. Um, my life is certainly different. 
Um, but there's a lightness about me. There's a, there's a change within me that I'm just really excited for. And, uh, sometimes life gives you opportunities to do that and I'm going to fully embrace it. Um, and so I, I, you're just, the audience is going to hear that they're going to, they're going to experience it for themselves. And I, I can't wait to, to start talking about some of the new things that you and I are going to be getting mm. into. Well, amen to that. And, and what a <laughs> sorry that went into a monologue. Uh, it's fine, man. That's fine. I'm sorry. That's fine. You're you're you. Uh, that what a great transition into our conversation with David today because yeah. because it's it's these. I don't like to categorize them as as down times or negative times or scary times. It's just it's a pivotal time. It would it's a. Mm-hmm transitional time for you yeah, as it yeah. was for him that we're going to learn about here in a minute uh that we all have and some for some people are more extreme and have more contrast than others for david mm-hmm. it was kind of subtle yeah which was good that, that caused him to make some pivots and changes some it's more drastic yeah you know, i was a yeah, part he of didn't that. need to be screamed at by the universe to pivot right, exactly he, he actually heard a whisper and and responded to the whisper he did, so and was... heated it yeah and yeah. Yeah. And, and I would, you and I sometimes, you and I just tend to wait for the two by four to the side of the head. <laughs> I would like to think that going forward in my life, I don't need a two by four as much. I would really, yeah. I, I ask, I ask the universe frequently, can we make just the lessons a little more gentle? Just, just help, <laughs> a little more gentle, please. Just to, please be more gentle. Yeah, but, a little more gentle. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so I love this conversation. This is completely our vibe and yeah. uh, at the risk of, of, of uh, sounding woo-woo, I, I think this our show is about giving people permission to talk about what their truth is, and and again, it's this is a journey. You know, we may, you know, this is just a, a you know a marker on our journey. We can timestamp this and say, well, gosh, here I am today. Yeah, here's where I'm at, and tomorrow it might look completely different, and that's okay. So, um, yeah, about I, our conversation, I, you want to talk about? Uh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, let, let's talk about Dave, Dave Valentine, um, David, David, I don't know if he really cares which way we call him, but um, Dave is somebody that was a connection. So we had a, a, a guest on a couple of weeks ago, Devin uh, Sizemore, who's just a masterful connector and literally proved it by connecting us uh, to a bunch of amazing people. And Dave is one of them. And I think we end up talking some at some point about what he does. Uh, but he's just a guy that got a, uh, was forced to make a change or not forced, invited to make a change early in his life. And he heeded it. And I think it's really inspiring to hear somebody to hear a whisper like that, Brandon, and, and make a change. And so, um, I, I would really love for people to listen to this interview and just be inspired and say, Hey, um, there's a different way to do business. I mean, you and I grew up at a time, we, we sound like old men sometimes, but right. um, this, the way, the way people go about business these days, I just don't know that I knew enough people that were doing it this way, Brandon, do you? Mm. Mm. You mean? Just modeled the type of behavior where there was an emphasis on thinking, self-care, right. lifestyle design. Um you, well, it's, it's been shamed. You know, it's funny. We were listening to David and we talk about this and, you know, you taking a month off and, you know, and, and just downtime, there's, there's this, you know, you, I've said it before. It's, it's success porn. It's, it's entrepreneur mm-hmm. porn. It's like, you think you need to be doing hustling all the time. And if you don't, you're shamed and you're, and what's wrong with you. 
it's some it's some weird it, it's to me it's an ideology and you know i love kind of writing and deconstructing idea ideologies to me it's cultish where mm. you think you have to show up and have this identity of of a gary vaynerchuk who's 12 hours hey, everything is hustle 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 well that's great for him fantastic if that if that lights him up and and sets him on fire and and that's what he wants to do great doesn't necessarily do it for you or me or probably most um probably a lot of us want to go and pursue things that interest us or or just want to give create space around for ourselves to 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 take a deep breath and see you know how, how am i feeling about what i'm doing internally and how is this responding to my relationships in my life so um, if I would say this, Brandon, if if there's one thing that we want you to take from us across all the podcasts, not just this one, yeah, is this, is that we are not telling you the way. No. Oh, God, no. They're like, if you got out of this that, okay, Bob and Brandon are prescribing a way to be successful and happy, please, <laughs> please understand that that's not what we're saying. Yeah. What we are bringing to you are individuals that are brave enough to share their story. Most of them have gone through some sort of um, inflection point, um, trial, tribulation. Yeah, I, we, we think that adds color. But what we're trying to bring you is authentic stories of individuals that are running companies that, are, that have big missions in life. And they are saying, this is how I've gotten there. Yes. And you and I have not come across, we, we, we come across themes, but not one person has had the same journey as anybody else. Yeah, exactly. And and so the biggest thing that, that Brandon and I want for you all is to understand that there's a way that's right for you. And you may need to start out by figuring out, well, maybe that way looks good and maybe you model that behavior for a time, but ultimately you're going to have to find your own path. Mm-hmm. And there'll be people along that path that will guide you. And, and Brandon and I might be those people for you, but you're going to come across people that just keep pointing you. And, and literally, as I speak about this, there's a couple of people that came into my life in the last three or four days that were guides along the way to go, yeah, Bob, you're on the right track. And here's the next thing you're, that I'm going to point you to. So never, never stop looking for guides, but never, never, ever think that there's just one way to do it. Yeah. That that is absolute garbage. Don't don't listen to that. Hundred percent agree. Couldn't yeah. agree more. And I think it applies everywhere in life. I think the the mistakes I've made have to do with believing that there is that person's get guru's way, whether it be a spiritual or entrepreneurial or relationship style or whatever. It's like, oh, that's that's the guy I should follow. Or oh, wait a minute, maybe I should follow that guy and do it his way. Or or, or what about what she said over here? And we keep, and instead of, I liked the idea of a buffet, like, oh, that was a great tidbit that that person used. I'm going to add that to my repertoire or to my toolbox. Oh, I really like his mindset. I'm going to use a couple of his tools. And oh, she had a great point there. You know, as we were talking about, you know, this businesses and and buying businesses, which you'll hear about in the podcast is she had a really great approach. I'm going to put that in the toolbox, but it's always my toolbox. Ultimately, ultimately, you you have to build your own unique tool set of tools to get to where it is you got to go because we're all unique individuals. We all have different callings, different paths. Um, be inspired by the stories we share, but don't think of them as blueprints. That's probably the best advice we could give. Yes. Um, so we are um, 
yeah, we could keep going on and on, but Brandon and I are really excited to introduce today's guest to you, Mr. Dave Valentine. All right, Dave Valentine, welcome to the show, my friend. How are Hello, you? Dave. Dude, I'm so excited to be here, guys. This is fun. This is <laughs> yeah. so fun. Where so, in the world are you, by the yeah, way? Yeah, we need we need to kind of like we got hummingbirds, we got dark glasses. <laughs> are you are you in the witness protection program? <laughs> Could give us some context. Yeah, so I am at uh, so I'm on a lake that's about an hour outside of Fort Worth, Texas, uh, called it's called Possum Kingdom, uh, <laughs> and they yeah I know right you can't make this shit up wow uh, they. Uh, they don't know why it's called Possum Kingdom Lake. I like no one has an answer to that. Sounds like a ride at Disney World. <laughs> hey, did you go to Possum Kingdom? <laughs> uh, they have they have two claims to fame. This lake. So one is uh, it's the it's the cleanest lake in the state. So it's it's clear. You can actually see like thirty feet down, which is not normal in Texas. Usually it's just brown water. The second thing is uh, because it's a dammed up river. It's has this canyon effect. So there's these huge cliffs that go all around the lake. They do the Red Bull diving competition here every other year. So every two years, like in the beginning of June, Red Bull comes and they build like a platform another 10 feet above this 60 foot high cliff and the guys jump in. It's crazy, but it's super fun. And they, wow. people tie off in the cove where it happens and it's just one big party, man. It's, it's fun. <laughs> How does one practice or train for jumping off cliff? How does I'm guessing that they go into like a pool. I mean, a lot of those Olympic it... diving pools, like some of them are like 20 meters high, which would be okay. feet, you know? And so I'm like, okay, but I'm guessing you start off lower and I don't know. I think you end up, you got to work your way up. Like yeah. you start there, but yeah. First of all, Dude, you, pound a bunch of, you got to pound a bunch of Red Bull. Right. To you get the courage. <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah. you go liquid courage that's right. get the jitters and you go that's yeah right <laughs> yeah well D dave's in a nice setting today um brandon and i have our virtual backgrounds dave actually has uh a real background which is he's got his hummingbird feeder blue sky trees yeah um so completely simpatico with uh with with the vibe of the innovative founder show so uh <laughs> it's good to have you so tell us tell us how you got to this spot dave i, I know this wasn't a straight line and we got a lot of great well, <laughs> i'll call them great stories but probably some shit to wade through to get to this place but kind of tell yeah. us how you got there from your previous move and then we'll get we'll back we'll, we'll back into some of the the backstory that uh, goes a little bit yeah. further back yeah so i uh so i at the age of 25 started my first company and um built that up to seven figures in in four years and i did it all through networking and really didn't you know, I was a guy that knew how to do marketing. Uh, my, my background was in digital advertising and, and marketing. I also did like some video editing and stuff in my internships in college. And, um, you know, I built up this business and my, my wife at the age of 29, she goes, you know, you're almost 30. Our second kid's on the way. Maybe like go to the dock and have a checkup because you haven't had one in like a decade. And I was like, sure. Yeah, cool. And I, I go, they do blood work, they do all these tests, and I come back a week later and they go, um, hey, so this is literally what the doc said. He goes, hey, Dave, when do you know that you're going to have a heart attack? I'm like, what? And he goes, when do you know that you're going to have a heart attack? And I'm like, doc, I don't understand what you're trying to ask me. I'm not this trying to be a pushover, but like, what the hell? And he goes, you don't know. You just have one. He said, look, we've tested 4,500 people. You're the most stressed out person we've ever tested. Ooh. It's not even close. 
He said, if you don't stop what you're doing, (laughs) you're not going to see 40. And I was like, well, shit. Uh, So it made me have to evaluate how I was running my company is what I was doing. And I, I had really gotten to this point. I think a lot of people do, right? You, you hustle. And that's what I did. I hustled my way to a seven figure business. And then you're like, Hey, and most people don't know this, uh, but only 7% of all companies in the United States ever cross a million dollars in revenue in a single year. Hmm. So like if you're, so by all accounts, <laughs> I was wildly successful. I was in the top 7% at least. Um, and I was killing myself. And so I had to start changing what I was doing. I really, I realized like, Hey man, I wasn't working out anymore. I was a varsity athlete in, in high school. I played sports in college. Like what am, I, I haven't been working out. I'm not meditating anymore. I'm not, uh, I was literally doing the, I'm drinking coffee until I decide it's time to switch to beer thing. Cause it's just like, <laughs> it was like, I'm going to pound coffee and be really, really productive from, you know, seven until three. And then from three to six, I'm going to be really creative with the beer and yeah. I would need to drink myself down, you know, cause I've been, I would drink a couple pots of coffee in a day. Wow. So <laughs> wow. I started reading. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so I had to redesign my life and I did, um, and started to figure out some business stuff that allowed me to find some freedom and time back and uh, sold the first business in 2019 started a new one a couple months afterwards. Yeah. And, um, now I run seven companies and, um, yeah, live a life where I get to travel back and forth between Texas and Washington and swim with salmon and it's swim it's with good. salmon yeah. and write songs about possum Canyon or whatever. I've already <laughs> forgotten the name. <laughs> it's possum. okay. Possum it's, kingdom, possum kingdom, 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 kingdom. Than the than the canyon, uh, which is amazing. <laughs> so this has, a, this has a book around it. This has a movie. So how right. for, how fortunate that um, your intervention was literally your wife telling you to go to the doctor. You know, a lot of people we talk to like they don't get that kind of gift. It was I hit the wall. I had the heart attack. I got the scare. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Um, how fortunate you got the gift of not having to go through the experience and, and you heeded the call. So how was, how was that for you? What were, were you scared straight? Was it, was it tough or did you like go cold Turkey? Like I'm, I'm, I'm like changing myself. How, how did that process go for you? Yeah, I started out slow. I gave myself really, so literally three days after I had that conversation with the doc, I was like, okay, you need to give yourself real accessible goals and then say anything over that is bonus. Okay. Uh, and so like what I did was I just said, okay, every day you need to drink 16 ounces of water. Cause I realized as I did some reflection after that conversation, there were days where I just wasn't drinking any water, which is crazy, but true. And yeah. so I was like, okay, you, you got to drink 16 ounces of water and you need to go for a walk for five minutes. Mm. That was it. And yeah. so, a lot of those days I'd have three or four glasses of water. So I'd have like 64 ounces. A lot of days I'd go for a 30, 45 minute walk, but (laughs) there were days where it's like, dude, I've been working since seven 30. It's 10 o'clock. I'm exhausted. I'm just going to get my one glass of water in and I'm going to go for my five minute walk. And we're going to call that good. Okay. Um, and then, you know, now my, my self-care regimen is, 
extensive. Uh, but it, you know, that's, that was quite some time. That was six, six years ago um, mm. when that happened. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit different in ball game now. Very much so. So I think, I think that's, that's, that's a really good lesson in, in terms of like, whether you've had a scare physically happen or, or been warned is um, it's really difficult to turn around like a huge ship, right? That's just like bearing towards it. Like you, you can't crank the wheel on the Titanic, right? You got to kind of gradually turn that thing. And I, I think that's just a really good lesson there, which is like, give yourself some grace and go, all right, I've been going this direction for so long. I'm going to make this small little adjustment to my routine and just, and, and just like start that habit. James Clear, Atomic Habits, I'm sure you read it. It's, it's kind of like oh, it yeah. helps. It, you're kind of talking about stuff that, you know, James writes about even before he wrote about it. It's just let's make that small little incremental change and it'll start to compound itself as your body goes, hey, this is awesome. This is good for me. And you get that positive feedback, right? Yeah, it's tremendous, man. And um, eventually you get to the spot where where you create systems, processes. You get the right people in the right seats. You can pay more people. You make some conscious choices that allow you to get to where you really need to be, uh, you know, physically. And so at this point, it's like I polar plunge almost every day. Um, I, I do infrared sauna three times a week. I lift five to seven times a week, go for a run a couple times a week or, or, or a walk. I'll do either one. Uh, you know, my, my drinking habits have totally changed and almost gone away completely. I, I have one cup of coffee every day. That's it. You know, so there's, there's just things that you can do given enough time. And sometimes you don't have a choice. You just have to go cold Turkey. Uh, you know, I've had friends that just, they had to stop everything and reset their life because they were in such a bad way. But most of us don't need to do that. Most of us just need to take the first step and, uh, and build on. I think that's fair. It's, I think there's, there's something to be said for making that incremental shift, like five minutes a day sounds, it sounds silly just outside, like, really, you're just going to walk for five minutes? Well, why don't you walk for 10? Well, no, it's, it's, it's not the point. The point is slight behavior change very it's like really really easy and the next day it's still really really easy like it's it's in it's it's silly it's preposterous to even think that that's going to make a difference well you're not trying to make a difference in your body as of yet you're trying to make a difference of here right yes so that little habit that that's funny that's funny coming for you brandon because i know you so Brandon decides to go windsurfing. Does does he like start on shore, start in a shallow pool? No, he goes down to Corpus Christi, like the windy capital of the United States, and goes, "I'm gonna go fucking windsurfing, like I'm a, like I'm a bird on water." That's Brandon. I just love it. It's funny. That's so great. I had a windsurfing moment. Um, so Corpus Christi is one of the best places to learn in the U.S. because it only gets about there's a lagoon there. It's only about chest deep. Now, I don't oh, know wow. about you, but I grew up in Lake Superior water where you see the bottom, it's all sand, there's yep. no sharks. And so when you watch Jaws, you know, grow up with Jaws, and then you go in like the ocean <laughs> and you can't see yeah. the bottom. And you're like, so I'm on this board, on this panda on a board with a sail, and I'm trying to learn, I'm getting blown out. 
I'm getting blown out. And I'm like, and I can feel the fear and tension, like, oh God. And I'm starting to get frustrated and I'm falling and I'm, I'm like, and then finally I fall in and I'm neck deep and I can't see the water and there's sharks everywhere. It's a bloodbath. Right. And I'm like, Brandon, home hell down. You're completely fine. But, but instead of increment, I could have incrementally eased my way into, into windsurfing, but no, 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 no. I had to go and jump in the, the sharks of my own brain to, to make myself get past it. So I don't Brandon, know if I recommend that, but that's kind of the, how I operate. I, I have to burst your bubble here, brother. All right. Oh, here we go. They're, they, uh, they find bull sharks, which is what Jaws is based that. off of in oh. the Great Lakes. In fact, there was a photo taken of a shark in Lake Superior in 2013 and posted online. So I'm so I sorry. I got to look it up. <laughs> I, I got to look it up. I'm looking it up right now. This is not. Thanks a lot, Dave. That's great. <laughs> World. I just World. wanted you to know. <laughs> oh, God. I'm looking it up right now. See, I've been swimming Lake Superior since I was four. Lake Superior Bull Shark. Oh, this is not. So here's, here's the thing. There are going to be some people that say there are no sharks in Lake Superior. Um, <sighs> all you got to do is just go a little bit further. You're going to find pictures and it's going to disturb you for the rest of your life. Oh, <laughs> Even on Joe Rogan, uh, Lake Superior Bull oh, Shark yeah. Encounter, Duluth, Minnesota. You know what? Duluth's an hour from my cabin. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Boom. Wow. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I am. Oh, my gosh. So, Brandon, what he's saying is don't do that nude swim anymore because no. that, that little bobber <laughs> that's dragging in the water is going to attract that bull shark. That's right, man. <laughs> that, 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 that tiny. Well, they don't go for worms. You know, that's way too small. That's right. It's safe. Yeah. Well, Dave, I love um, speaking of swimming and water. You were you were shared something before we hit the record button, which which is really cool. So, kind of where you're at, um, you say you do a a cold plunge every day. Like, tell us where you do that and what some of the experiences are doing that. Yeah, so so we split our time between a, a house in the mountains on a river and the lake house down here in Texas, and um, in the the river house we are, are literally you walk 50 steps down and you're you're in this beautiful river that's completely pristine it's actually guys it's interesting because they um oh i forgot who did it it's a governmental uh agency declared it a fish dna database <laughs> because the water's so clean it's so pristine it's so not touched by humanity in, in any way that the fish dna there's very pure apparently i i'm not a fish dna expert but that's apparently what it is so anyways we have the salmon that we have six salmon run uh that uh are different times of the years and so uh in march early march we had a good salmon run and it still had salmon which is a, a lot of the colorful looking salmon that most people associate and they think about and they're good 15 20 pound fish and so i decided hey i'm gonna throw a wetsuit on and some goggles and i'm gonna go jump in the 34 degree water. And uh, as I was telling you guys before, uh, it was my body actually felt fine because I polar plunge enough, but my head instantly had a headache. I mean, within 10 seconds of putting my face in the water, I was like, wow, it's like yeah. I ate too much ice cream or something. But it was pretty <laughs> damn awesome to swim in over the, the spawning spot. And they kind of do this dance when they're spawning to attract a mate. And to watch it all go down there about 50 of them down there in this little swimming area that we have 
it was cool, man. Like, and, and my wife was like, you're nuts. It's so cold. I know you do the polar plunges, but seriously, that's crazy. And I'm like, you know, I'm never going to remember the day that I didn't go look at the salmon spawning, but right. I'll always remember the day where I was like, dude, it's going to be cold. It's going to hurt. I'm going to be yeah. in there for like 10, 15 minutes, yeah. but it's going to be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, founders, we hope and know you are enjoying our conversation with Dave Valentine today. Uh, Dave is a very interesting person, does multiple things. Um, I'd love to give you a couple opportunities to connect with him. The first is his website, personal website is DaveValentine.co. So D-A-V-E, Valentine.co. And the company he mentions, uh, we'll mention at the end of the call, uh, his, his main agency, which is a really innovative way to connect with uh, potential prospects and customers. Uh, it's avidel.agency, A-V-A-D-E-L.agency. Really cool URL, by the way, avidel.agency. Now, back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. Our, our friend Perry Marshall says entrepreneurs need to play as hard as they work. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I know there's people listening going, well, geez, like I've got a company to run. Um, I've got people that count on me. I've got all this stuff to be done. How does Dave give himself the permission to go do this stuff that's considered wasteful, um, playful, I want to, I want to hear your reaction to that and, and how, how it's changed your life to be playful and adventurous versus the hustle and grind of being behind the computer and behind the desk, 14, 16, 18 hours a day. You can always make more money. You can never make more time. We, we, we have so distorted what business should be doing for ourselves. What it should be doing is creating freedom for the entrepreneurs. And part of that is, of course, financial. Of course, yes. And I pay myself way less than I need to, than I could, rather. And instead, I hire more staff to cover my work so that I don't have to. Um, and I do that intentionally. I've got three kids under the age of 10. Uh, I just spoke in Cleveland at a TED Talk. I did a TED Talk there. Oh, and, congrats. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it was, it was super fun. Uh, and I, I've started this habit where if I have a series of speaking engagements, which I, I did, um, then I take one of the kiddos with me. And so I've just been taking my kids with me because I go, you know, they're never going to remember the day that they sat at home, you know, or the day that they went to school or whatever. There's not going to be a day that sticks out. But I'm going to create some memories with my kiddos and, and use this time when I am working to also show them, Hey, this is what it looks like to go to work. This is what dad does. Mm. This is how we do things, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so for me, it's like, you have to create systems and processes. You have to put some, you have to do some hard work to get to the place where you can do what I'm doing. And then when you do enjoy yourself, you know, I've got dear friends who, um, just up until last year, they owned a coffee shop. They had a building with tenants in it. They had e-commerce stores. They had all this stuff going on. But they made the decision probably four years ago now that every August, because they live in Texas, and Texas in August is the devil. Okay, <laughs> The <laughs> devil incarnate. Yeah. Oh, God. 
And so they're like every August, they just leave Texas for a full month and they don't work, you know? And it's, and it's not that they're making a whole lot of extra money when they're not working, you know, like they're making the same and they're traveling. So they're spending more, but it's to enjoy their life. So you, you got to make the shift, man. Time is a finite resource. You can always make more money. Dave, can I ask when you were in that space where you're sitting in that, that doctor's office and you you were forced you weren't forced but you kind of were you had to make some decisions um about your business and how you're going to run them what was the withdrawal what were some of the withdrawal factors like what what were and here's here's the question i'm ultimately asking is what are some of the sacred cows about entrepreneurship that you have bought into chased pursued mastered that had to be slain in order for you to regain your health and your your mental health your emotional health your physical health um i think early on i really wanted to be viewed as the smartest guy in the room mm-hmm. i didn't i don't think that i did that consciously but subconsciously mm-hmm. that was true so i didn't hire the right people that were mm-hmm. going to work me out of a job. And I remember, you know, there's a, a story that I remember, uh, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, he he talked about in the, the 90s when they had that great run, he kept drafting players that he knew were going to be backups to his stars. Mm-hmm. Instead of drafting players who would push the stars maybe out of a starting position or push them to be even better than they were. And he had to make a conscious decision later on in the two, early 2000s that he was not going to do that anymore. He was going to draft great players. And if he, they pushed another player out of a position, he didn't care mm. because he wanted the best team possible. And to his credit, even though they haven't won a Super Bowl since I was a small kid, <laughs> uh, they are always relevant in part because they're a great drafting team, or at least they have been for the past decade uh, with this new philosophy. And so when I started to hire people, when I didn't need to be the, the smartest guy in the room, I could just be a guy in the room. It really changed the conversation. And I also had to get to the spot where I realized I could build a million dollar business and that was great and successful and at what cost. And that's the big conversation that we rarely talk about in the entrepreneurial circles where it's like, you just make the success happen, whatever it takes. And it's like, maybe if it's that hard, we shouldn't be doing it that way. Mm. You know, um, and so a, a, a huge principle for me is like, how can I make this as simple as possible? Not complex, not hard. I want to make it simple and sustainable, not just for me, but for my teams so that they can go, hey, man, I really don't work 40 hours a week. And I go, great. What could we be doing with the rest of your time? Mm-hmm. And it's amazing when you hire great people, they come up with really cool ideas Mm-hmm. And it leads to innovation and it leads to new product lines, new services, and um, really changes the ball game for your organization. It's a great question, by the way. Thanks. Well, Bob and I were kind of chatting about that earlier as we're going through different transformations for our businesses. And and there's, a, there's this idea, the model shifting that if you have a great team of people where there's high trust and and powerful and perhaps some overlapping skill sets 
you can almost approach any business that you want and make a group decision like, hey, do we want to play in this arena and can we have fun here? And it's just going to amplify, it's just going to get us excited or is this going to be drudgery? And to be honest about that, like to have an employee to be honest, say, hey, I've got 10 extra hours or three extra hours, to have that level of honesty. And that's, that's a powerful team right there. Like, hey, I could, you know, I got three hours here. What should we, what arena should we play in here? Should we try something else here? Again, this is play, right? This is supposed to be a game. This is, doesn't have, doesn't have to be hard all the time. Of course, that's going to be half yeah. part of it. But isn't this about play and creativity and fun and staying energized and showing up every day with a smile? I mean, I, it sounds maybe a little idealistic, but <laughs> I think ultimately that's maybe what we're kind of looking for if we really admit it. Um, yeah. So I appreciate your honesty and, and, and about the validation thing, you know, wanting to be the smartest guy in the room. I think, you know, if, if entrepreneurs are really honest, a lot of what drives us can be about maybe a perceived deficit or we're not enough in some way. And I think it can drive a lot of our behavior. Yeah, man. I also, I think it's one of those things too, where it's, there's a, there's a lot of insecurity. You know, I, I, I there's a, an author that I really like, and he talked about writing, he's written, I don't know, a dozen books now, New York Times bestseller. He's made like $50 million over the past 20 years on his books. But I, I heard him talk about the first book that he ever wrote. And he goes, the first book that I ever wrote, I was playing mind games. Mm. Can I do this? Who am I to write a book? What do yes. I have to say? Yes. What? How do you write a book? What's the process? And I really resonated with that as an entrepreneur of like, who am I to start a business? Uh, who am I to do this? And yeah. it, it was cool that my family, my, my extended family were like, dude, I, we don't, we don't get how you do this. This is insane. This is crazy. But it it also fed the ego in me of like, well, maybe I'm special, but I also had this sincere doubt. Now having done it so many times, having scaled so many businesses to seven figures plus, it's not that interesting anymore. Mm. I know that sounds kind of, that may sound shitty, but it's like, it's cool. I Honestly. love it every time. Like it's, it's very fulfilling now, but it's also like, yeah, oh, well, of course we're doing seven figures. Like that's where we should be. Let's get to eight figures. How do we, how do we get to 50 million? You know? And so like, you're asking different questions. And as you ask different questions, it changes the quality of your outcomes. Um, I remember in that first agency, I was like, can I just, can I even do this? Well, that's mm -hmm. a very different question. Yes. And that's part of what led to the, the burnout and, you know, killing myself essentially, uh, instead of asking like, how do I get this thing to be way bigger? Mm. Well, let, let's use that as a jumping off point. So you, you did an agency kind of ran it a certain way, um, got to a certain level of success, but there's a great cost to it. So, um, as you're building, you said you have seven different businesses. What are you doing different now that you didn't, that you didn't do the first time around? <laughs> oh other than so everything yeah so one of the things that i did was i went okay we need to have an operating system one of the first things that i did after that engagement with my doctor was like we gotta have an operating system here that allows us to operate the agency smoother so i went and found someone who had implemented uh eos the entrepreneurial operating system at another company it was a uh, a building firm that had 40 full-time employees I brought her in. I said, Hey, listen, I've got this other job for you, but I also want you to help me implement EOS and EOS is a, are you guys familiar with it? 
No, just wrote it down. I'm, I'm assuming it's a thing. I'd love to hear more. Okay, so it's, it's worldwide. If you have a company anywhere from zero to 250 employees, this operating system will work for you. Um, so two books that I highly recommend. I don't get anything for this. This is just good stuff. Uh, number one is Traction. It's, it's written by the founders and creators of EOS. The other one is called Rocket Fuel. Um, and these books are really foundational to how we run all seven of the companies that I own right now. It gives you a cadence for meetings. It gives you a cadence for employee reviews. It gives you a cadence for how to grow and scale your company, your vision. It lays everything out in a really beautiful way that really gets you to where you want to go. So, so anyways, I hired this employee. Uh, she was doing some other things, but she was also helping to implement EOS. That changed our company pretty aggressively in the, the 12 months after I hired her. Um, we started to see client results increase and we saw the scale of our company or you know the the revenue of our company increase by 180 percent over the next 12 months just because we implemented this new operating system um and so that really changed the ball game the other thing that i did was we put as part of eos you put together a leadership team so literally every week for 90 minutes this group of people they're all department heads come together we have a scorecard we have uh, different cadences, and this is all in the books. So this, these are all things that you can find. Um, but we would go through, and then the latter part of the meeting is really the meaty part. It's called IDS. So we're going to identify problems. We're going to discuss them. We're going to solve them. And at the end of every meeting, we may not get to every single issue. That's okay. We may blow through all of them because we're really good and kicking butt that day or whatever. But it gave us a way to start fixing problems and coming up with solutions. And it was an every week sort of thing. So that was huge. Uh, the other thing that was really big was I stopped having client relationships. I stopped mm -hmm. doing sales. Mm -hmm. I stopped talking with clients. They didn't know who I was. Uh, before I did that, every client wanted to talk to me about everything. Right. And they'd say, yes. well, Hey, this is great. I, I had, great account managers um, and people that were very seasoned. I mean, guys that had been in the industry for 30 years, they were great, really great. And they'd say, well, this is great. I really appreciate you presenting it to me. What does Dave think? Mm. <laughs> you know? And so what we started to transition and it was hard. We lost some clients because of this, but it was all part of the game. Uh, we we're like, Dave's not accessible. Dave is our guru on the Hill. You don't, we don't, you know, we don't have people talk to them on a regular basis. Um, so doing the things that really just said, what am I really great at? Well, I'm really great at marketing and branding. I'm really great at messaging. I'm really great at the vision side. And that's my niche. And then I need to develop the leaders. I need to make sure that they're doing what they need to do. So I started having one-on-one -on -one sessions with my leadership team for two hours every other week, we'd sit down and we just roll through things where we're develop I'm developing them. I'm like, hey, you're head of accounts, let's talk. What are you doing? What are you experiencing? What are the issues? I know you brought up this. And so all of these things took time, but then they created a foundation for how I do things now where it's like, okay, I get a scorecard from every company every week. It's emailed to me on Monday. I can see which companies are doing well I get their cash balance. How many leads do they have this week? How many clients do they have? How many customers do they have? How many are in the pipeline? I get all this data emailed to me on Monday. And then 
outside of doing podcasts with wonderful people like you two, mm -hmm. I pretty much just build out my week after I get those. And I go, okay, I need to have a conversation with Grant. I need to have a conversation with Autumn. I need to have a conversation with whoever about whatever. And I start to put time on their calendars and I go, hey guys, we'll, we're going to meet and talk through some of these issues. And it really works. Mm. That's, Love that. that's really powerful. Um, the seven companies, did you start all those from scratch? Did you acquire some of those? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so we um, we started four, we acquired three. Okay. Uh, a lot of people, so a thing that I talked about in my TED Talk, we've started to identify employees that are really talented, like exceptionally skilled, that are young, um, typically they don't have any capital in their family or they certainly don't have any capital themselves and we build businesses around them. Mm, so I wow. go to them and I say, I go, I go to them and I say, Hey, I'll fund it. I'll give you 25 K. I'll give you 50 K. Um, and you operate it and we're going to put a team around you and we'll get all the sales going and everything. And we're going to build a business around you. Is that something that would be of interest to you? And we usually it's a conversation for a couple years and we've done that a couple times now and it's been exceptionally successful um and so it's pretty cool and then the other businesses that we bought into and this is stuff that there are so many different ways to buy into businesses y'all like i i um i've started to do something i'm playing around with something right now i'll share it with with your listeners i haven't shared it with really anybody else so this is fun uh, there's so there's there are a number of baby boomers who want to retire and they yes. can't. Yes, they own businesses. They can't retire. They don't have anybody that wants to take it over. It's a it's an insurance business that's in Biloxi, Mississippi, and they're doing three hundred thousand dollars in revenue every year. They've got a little office and it's just one person. Well, they they're not going to be able to sell that book of business for anything. So one of the things that we've looked at is just going, hey, we're going to roll up a bunch of these different little insurance companies and say, look, we'll give you 50% of the profit every year for the next five years. We'll be open book with you. You can see everything up front. We're going to take your book of business and we're going to bring it to this location in Texas and we're going to run it through this. And we have some people that go, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep trying to sell it. And I go, okay. And then what ends up happening is six months goes by, they're working with a broker. They're not selling it. Right. Two years goes by. They're not selling it. So now they're stuck. They're laying off employees if they have them because they're like trying to maximize their profit so that they can try and retire. And they still don't know what to do with that book of business when it's gone. Hmm. And so you can buy businesses for zero dollars down. Just give them a profit share. They get to retire. You get to keep some of their employees on, hopefully. And you have a nice little revenue generator that's already in place. It's already there. You don't have to go anywhere for it. You don't have to go mm. get clients. You don't have to go get customers. But one of the other things we've done too to acquire some of these companies is we've just gone, hey, um, I'll give you a little bit of cash and then I'll give you marketing services. And we're going to give you this valuation, which is way bigger than you actually are. And I want 51% of your company. So we've done this with a few, a few of the companies we've purchased into. And, and like I've put on a, a company that was probably worth a million bucks. We did 25K down and we give them a million dollars in services. 
over mm -hmm. the three-year time period from agencies, we mm -hmm. have 51% of the company. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we increased their revenue uh, three times in the first 12 months of owning them. Nice. So they win. Yeah. You know, but we won too. We're not, my agencies that are doing work for them are not getting paid right now. Yeah. But it's all going towards the parent company. So who cares? Yeah. Hey everyone, hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, this is such an uh, enriching and satisfying conversation for me personally. And again, goes back to the stories we tell ourselves, goes back to the narratives we follow that we learn and unlearn. And uh, even at the end of today's show, which I won't spoil it for you, Dave talks about the, the power of, of following narratives and how important it is to unfollow many, many narratives. So we want to encourage you at Feed Stories and as well as Strategic Story Media, which we just launched not too long ago, is finding and being able to tell a better story about who you are, the problems you solve, the, your approach to your philosophy to how you solve those problems, and stories about people whose lives you transformed. Ultimately, that's what this is about. That's what business is about. That's what the journey is about in solving problems. So we encourage you, if, if finding a narrative that works for your business has escaped you, if perhaps you've been thinking about this but don't really know where to begin, get some time with us. This is what Bob and I love to do. And we love to help people find and construct their narratives in a way that's going to amplify them to the widest and uh, to the audience that's most likely to become great customers. Now back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. It's a really interesting model. And I'm going to listen back to this because it's there's some really <laughs> stuff there. Seriously, Brandon and I, again, uh, synchronicity is just a wonderful thing. Brandon and I yeah. were talking about that this morning is the opportunity now to take over normal. We'll call them normal. Sure. Yeah. Businesses, right? Like boring, normal. Boring. Yeah. Right. Um, run by people who generally genuinely love their customers and really can't sell it and want to want to retire, want to step back. There's opportunity there. Um, so that that is like that is on our radar. And it's just really refreshing a couple hours later to talk to somebody that's actually doing it. Mm -hmm. So that that that's really wonderful. Yes. yes. Um and I think too, you know, just knowing you a little bit, Dave, approaching people like this, I mean, you have a really gentle servant heart. It's not like you're coming in to like topple their business. You're coming in with a really genuine offer that's meant to serve you guys, but to serve that business owner and to serve that clientele. That, that's what's really attractive about it to me, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting, you know, I, one of the ways that I present it to the, the current owner too, is I go, look, I'm not going to change anything. I'm not going to mm. change your branding. I'm not going to, the only thing that's going to change maybe is who uh, your clients are being reached out to, but we'll, we'll create email addresses that make it look like the same. And we're going to keep the books exclusive to you. And a lot of times, you know, these, these companies that are boring, like insurance isn't sexy. No. <laughs> right. But, yeah. but they're, a lot of time, like this, this guy that I was talking to that, that we're, we're finishing a deal up, um, you know, he was asking 300 K for his, his insurance agency. And basically the way that we set it up, he's probably going to make 500 K. It's just going to take five years. 
-hmm. And so he wins because he's going to get more money for his agency. I win because I've got instant cash flow. I've got instant setup and everything. And then his employees win because they're not getting laid off. Right. They're not going to be just left to the wolves. So it's, it's, yes, it is a compassionate thing for me because I think, well, dude, you just spent 25 years of your life building this book of business up, up and there's nowhere for it to go if someone doesn't come in and take it and use it. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's so much opportunity for savvy guys like yourselves and, and people that are listening to really increase their wealth while also increasing the wealth of other people. And it's a cool thing to see it as a way to invest in someone else's retirement. Hmm. I love that. I love that. You know, one of the conversations Bob and I had around this is, you know, we've been in the agency consultant coaching world for a long, long time. And um, there's this itching desire to own some of our own assets. I mean, we love our clients. We love serving our clients. It's, it's sure. a high leverage, high touch work and and rewarding. What would be nice to balance that out would be these types of businesses that are under marketed or perhaps haven't been brought up to, you know, updated, they haven't been renovated and updated to, to meet how people interact with, with businesses nowadays. Um, so yeah, that sounds, it sounds like a fun product. It sounds like a rehab job. You get to go into yeah. this classic <laughs> thing that's working and get to just give it a new, you know, it's, it's like any, any given rehab show, you get to do that to a business that, that, um, and, and everybody gets happy. You know, the, the owners are happy. Yeah. The rehabbers are happy. The, the new, right. you know, yeah. it's, so. Yeah. And, and there, and there's stuff too, like, I mean, you guys know this, you're in the agency space, you're in the consulting space. Recessions come a lot of the times marketing and sales dollars disappear. Mm. Yes. Which, yep. which, which yep. is counterintuitive to me. Uh, as a guy that does marketing, I'm like, no, this is when you spend money. So you grow your market share when everybody else is shrinking. Like that's clear as day to all three of us. Um, but there are some things that people have to keep spending money on. One of them is insurance. Uh, Mm. they're, they're always, you know what, they're going to keep going to the laundromat. Uh, you know, these businesses that people are like, you do it, you own a laundromat. And it's like, yeah. And it cash flows 60 grand a year, you know, like who cares if it's boring it's not sexy it's it's a good little business that takes this much time and it cash flows a lot so if you start to think about it in that way too we're just like you can always you i mean you guys are sharp you guys can always pick up the marketing thing you can always pick up the consulting thing and grow it and do whatever and man there are these businesses that are just kind of steady no matter what's going on but Dave, how are you going to brag about yourself on Twitter when right. uh, you talk, when you talk about making all those quarters at a laundromat? It's right. not tweet. It's not tweetable, Dave. Not tr- right? It's not yeah. talkable. Yeah. yeah. I I think that I think that it's it's interesting. We we have built this thing where it's like, well, it's got to be sexy. It's got to be int- It's got to be AI. Mm, yeah. You yes. know. And yes. it's like, no man. Like a lot of the biggest businesses on the planet, I. I are just not that attractive. The the most millionaires are created out of real estate and insurance. That's where they come from. Mm. Neither of those things are that sexy. Sometimes real estate can be, but yeah. Yeah. Very much so. (laughs) I'd love, um, I'd love to kind of hear about, so 
again, I think people here, oh, he's running seven companies. Um, they're going to get overwhelmed. I, I would love for you to share kind of what your day looks like now versus what your day used to look like. So how do you spend your time in a given day in a given, given week? Um, and, and just, just give us an idea of what, what works for you. This is not, this is not a blueprint for anybody else, but sure. what kind of vibe and flow have you found that works best for you to stay engaged, creative, enthused, all those things? Uh, do you guys like, uh, Andrew Huberman at all? Yeah. I've heard the name. Yeah. I've seen a couple okay. of his videos. Um, he's, uh, so he, he, I really like his stuff. Um, sometimes he gets really into the details and super nerdy about like, well, when you fast, this is what happens to the mitochondria. And I'm like, I don't care, Andrew, but cool. <laughs> there are some people that do, but he does give some big ideas that are really helpful. So one of the things that I do in my day to day is I will take walks in between podcast interviews, in between conversations with staff. And I realized that based off his research and many others, people have a general incline uh, and decline in their ability to engage with the task and it goes for about 90 minutes it's the, it's the same amount of time that rim cycles happen in our sleep it's just mm. 90 minutes through and then mm. you go go through a downtrend and then you go 90 minutes again so one of the things that is really really helpful even if you're just going to go for five ten minutes go be outside there is yeah. all sorts of research that shows if you look at a green living plant for three minutes, your cortisol levels decrease. I'm super chill in part because I do that. Uh, there's also great research. If you're up by the lake, Brandon, <laughs> you may not be swimming in it anymore. Not anymore. But, uh... I'm not swimming in it anymore. <laughs> Freaking bull sharks. Okay, just so you know, I, I, I Googled it in my side monitor here. Yeah. And you know how people, they create like clickbait, you know, that never happens yeah, on the internet, right? They have like giant yeah. great white sharks with blood dripping out of their teeth saying, and, and, and the keyword is bull sharks in Lake Superior. I'm like, oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. I'm going there in, in, in two weeks. I'm going there to open up my cabin. I'm like, yeah, ah, I'm going to stay on the shore. <laughs> on the shore. So if you look at if you look at running water or or any water any body of water it lowers your cortisol level. So I go on a walk out of the lake. I go on a walk at the river house so that I can be in nature so I can see green living plants so that I can experience that change in scenery so I can see water and it dramatically reduces my cortisol my my feeling of oh my gosh I'm really elevated. I just come down. And so my day to day is pretty relaxed, you know. I, if if I'm doing all of our companies run off central time. So yeah. when I'm in Texas out at the lake, uh, I don't wake up early in the summer. Sometimes I'll wake up at like seven, six thirty. I'll go to the gym. Uh, I take my time. I drink, drink a cup of coffee with my wife. We sit on the back deck where I am right now. We watch the hummingbirds come to the, the feeder. Like it's very relaxed. Um, if I'm, in Washington, it's a much earlier start to my day. It's usually about 4.30 or 5 a.m. Go get in the infrared sauna, do a polar plunge, lift some weights. Um, but I do self-care first thing in the morning. That's always kind of my move. And then I take some meetings sometimes in the morning. Uh, sometimes I don't. I write. Uh, so I've been finishing up my first book. And then I just kind of go, you know, really what I've find on Monday is when I get all that information from the different companies, that really tells me what's going to happen 
for my week. But for the mm -hmm. most part, my, my job now is to have meetings with people. I sit, I spend a lot of time on zoom and uh, phone calls. I'd say that 30 hours of my week probably goes to that. And then the other 10 go to me working on projects that other people uh, wouldn't want to touch, can't touch, don't know how to work on. And um, I kind of go through those. It, it is, it is truly amazing. Um, as we, as we do more and more of these, these interviews, um, the people that Brandon and I find to be most interesting and successful at the same time are spending a ton of time on self-care are spending an exorbitant amount of time thinking and, and doing less hustling. And that is the exact opposite advice that, that you seem to get or seem to believe. Um, so, you know, either by, uh, either by osmosis or whatever, we're hoping that, uh, people who tune into this show are understanding that there is a better way and I'm going to call it a better way. I know it's a judgmental term, but there, there is a different way. Let's call it that at least in our mind, a more effective way to be successful, to have balance, to have happiness, to be thriving versus the hustle and grind that we've all bought into. And Dave, you're just another one of those examples of a human being who tried the one way and said, you know what, it's bullshit and, and did a 180 and is designing. You have purposely designed your life and your business in such a way that um, you can achieve more by doing simpler things. So I just want to applaud you and just really oh, awesome for you to share Very that kind. story. Very kind. Cool. Brandon's got one last question for you. Even though you're chill, we do believe that you've got something in you and Brandon's going right. to pull it out of you. I want to know what's in your craw, Dave. I want to know, this is, we call this sex segment, the 60 second rant or the 60 second soapbox. <laughs> so yeah. you can, this could be anything, business, personal life, people who drive in the left lane, you know, Starbucks, coffee, people who carry purse dogs, you know, there's, there's plenty of opportunities here. People who put pineapple on pizza, you know, that, those people. So <laughs> yeah, you can rant people. about anything you want. Those people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've got, a, I've got, I've got a thing and it's, I'll, I'll use an example. So uh, I'm really tired of people fear mongering. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's like what everybody's doing, you know? Yes. And it's, People are like, uh, they started asking me, well, hey, did you see that such and such happened in the news? And I go, no. And then what do you mean you didn't see it? I don't watch or consume any news <laughs> because it's not news. It's just, hey, how anxious, how stressed out, how frustrated can we make you so that yeah. you keep tuning in so you keep getting that feeling? Yeah. And I just don't want to play into that, that crap. Um, and so one of the things that I keep seeing is, well, AI is going to replace us. It's going to put 50% of the population out of work. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. And, and it's, it's so upsetting because what ends up occurring is people are like, this is the worst thing ever. This is the worst thing. And I'm like, look, humans and humanity as a species is exceptionally resilient. We always figure it out may not happen in the timeline that's easiest. Sometimes we make things hard on ourselves. <laughs> and we always figure it out. And there have been huge, massive leaps forward in science and technology for millennia. And guess what? There's still jobs, people still work. In fact, right now we need more people to work. And it's like, yeah, 
nothing crazy is happening. You're just telling yourself a story and it's stressing you out. So what if you told yourself another story? Yeah. Love, Love it. Love it. Love Need that. that advice. Yeah. I just spent uh, three days at Perry Marshall's event. And that was one of the messages I brought in my talk was humanity is resilient. Yeah. And, and we are still, what you may do may look different in the future, but different. you will still be busy, productive humans, because that is your innate desire. It's in your DNA to be productive humans. So love that you shared that. Um, I don't know which of your seven companies you want to share uh, <laughs> with people. Like if, if they want to kind of stay connected with you, Dave, what, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so you can go follow me on social media. My handle for Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok is uh, at RealDVal, R-E-A-L-D-V-A-L. Um, and then, yeah, for one of my companies, let's see, which one would be cool for this one? Uh, let's talk about, so I've got this, this company called Avidel. It's a one-to-one -one marketing agency. We've historically been an SDR agency, but we have started to make this shift to creating genuine connections and relationships with your potential clients and the way that we're doing that is not just hey spamming people's dms or email or whatever we're actually going in and engaging with them like a real person and engaging with their content leaving thoughtful comments and then sometimes even sending physical nice gifts in the mail i'm not talking about a ten dollar bottle of wine or a starbucks gift card starbucks uh, e-card yeah we, we did uh <laughs> we had a client that we really one of our one of our clients really wanted this particular to work with this particular company we found this guy that was high up in the organization we were following him on twitter and we we he was like down to have a meeting but he just would never take that last step to schedule a call with our client and so we said hey listen man we'd like to send you a gift in the mail i know that this may be creepy or whatever but would you mind sending us your home address i'd like to send you something nice and we could discern that he was a soccer fan. He lived in Denver, and uh, but we couldn't tell which team. So we went and found uh, a signed soccer ball from Christian Pulisic, who is the best U.S. men's national player. And it cost us like 200 bucks. We sent it to his house, and three weeks went by. We didn't hear anything. We we're like, hey, Matt, did you get that? And he's like, dude, I did. Let's schedule a meeting. Instantly scheduled a meeting, ended up working Ooh. with our client, and they worked with him. Uh, they're still engaged with him. But the first deal that they signed was for a quarter of a million dollars. The deal that they just signed because they just re-signed them was 600 grand for a year. And so it's really fun creating genuine connections in a, in a space where AI is booming and automation is king to go back to human to human interactions. It's pretty cool. So if you want to learn more about that company, go to avidel.agency or you can hit me up, david at avidel.agency. And uh, we'll hook you up with the, with some really fun, big time meetings. Avadel, a can you spell that? A V A D E L. Perfect. Thank you. Avadel, not Arendelle, where uh, that's where, right. Where the Ice We're, Princess lives. That's right. right. That's right. Well, <laughs> Good. Sounds like a magical place from Possum Kingdom. That's uh, <laughs> not bad, to. guys. Awesome. Well, Dave, thanks. Thanks for honoring us with your time and, and just sharing uh, some great stuff today with our with our audience. Uh, so appreciate you. And uh, thanks for living bravely and authentically and uh, just sharing your story with us today. Really inspiring. Brandon, Bob, it's been a it's been an amazing privilege and I love their conversation. So thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to The Innovative Founder with Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd. A show featuring the real stories of entrepreneurs making their beautiful dent in the world. If you like the show, let us know by leaving a rating. If you're an innovative business founder yourself with a story to tell, then you might just be our next guest. Reach out to us on InnovativeFounder.com and tell us your story. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Innovative Founder. 